Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. One hundred percent. Nothing personal. Word of the day for September 3rd. It's a Friday. We are getting ready for the weekend here at Nothing Personal. The word of the day is a hundred percent. And if you're tired of hearing about vaccines, worried about the political nature of the conversation, don't turn us off. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the NFL with vaccines because it has to do with a hundred percent and which teams will never get to 100%, which teams are already at 100%, and query, is anybody actually at 100%? Bruce Arians, the coach of the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was very happy to announce that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at 100%. Every player, they came out, Fournette came out. Brady didn't talk, though. I would think that if Brady knew that his team was at 100%, he'd come out and talk about it, but maybe he can't because of his political leanings, which is part of the problem. Wouldn't it be nice if getting vaccinated was not political? Imagine if it were totally scientifically based and not based on trying to protect your freedom of body. But in any case, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 100%, which means I guess every single player on their 50, what is it, Coca, 53-man roster is now vaccinated. Every coach, every trainer, Every front office employee, I guess Bob Boone will not be working for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's good because now, if I'm the owner of the Buccaneers, I'm demanding 100% compliance with getting vaccinated because now I have zero financial risk under the NFL protocols from Roger Goodell. 100% is such a meaningful number, not just to help society and help get rid of COVID, or at least control it so we can get back to our lives and not worry about anyone dying who we know, any grandparents or friends or young people. But it's money. And the NFL has been so clear that we are going to take money out of your pocket if you are not vaccinated. And it's not like the other leagues aren't going to do the same thing. The NHL is going to do the same thing. The NBA is going to do the same thing. MLB and its new collective bargaining agreement is going to do the same thing. Your company's going to do it. My company's going to do it. Every company's going to do it. So get ready for that. Just get ready. You can always go to Canada if you want. That's what everyone always says. I'm going to go to Canada if I'm unhappy with what happens. So I was thinking about what 100% means and what do you do as an owner if you can't get your team to 100%. And boom, I got the Indianapolis Colts on the brain. The Colts generally aren't a team that are worthy of discussion, though I love Indianapolis. I love the Colts. Who doesn't love the the Colts? I was thinking about Andrew Luck as their quarterback and realized he's gone. was thinking about Phillip Rivers as the quarterback. He's a high school coach. Realized their quarterback is the erstwhile Eagles guy, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, the guy who didn't win the Super Bowl with the Eagles because 
at, we were watching in Cartagena, Colombia, running the sixth of seven straight marathons, watching Nick Foles win the Super Bowl for the Eagles because Wentz was hurt, because Wentz is always hurt. I guess he doesn't like being vaccinated against anything. Carson Wentz came out and said, I'm not getting vaccinated. This is a guy who was just on the COVID list. And the reason it caught my attention is when you hear his quote, it's precious, truly precious. He said he may not get the vaccine, but he said, quote, things could change in the next coming weeks. And it got me thinking my brain started rolling on a Thursday late night into a Friday morning. What could change in the coming weeks? Maybe a doctor is going to come out with some sort of new information about the vaccine. Maybe there's going to be a new release of a scientific study that talks about the efficacy of a vaccine or of Pfizer, Moderna, one of them. Maybe there'll be some sort of release of information that will be learned, siphoned through by the quarterback like a playbook, and it will change how he feels. He said, who knows? Who knows where this world's going? I do. Just look at the weather. Who knows where the protocol is going, if that'll change, Carson said. I'm not, this is the important part for you all to hear. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on a vaccine or a virus. Thank you. I would like you to tell everyone that, standing on a platform and yelling at the top of your lungs, the equivalent of people deciding not to get vaccinated because of their interpretation of the science or the efficacy or the long-term danger is the same as your favorite athlete hurting his elbow or shoulder or knees or toes and saying to the doctor, no, I don't want to get my UCL fixed the way you are going to do it. I am going to do it a totally different way. I'm going to fix my knee by putting twigs on it with raspberries, some strawberries, and the seeds from blackberries. I'm going to mix them up, and then I'm going to eat some magic fungi. I'm going to wait two weeks, and then I'm going to reevaluate. Does that sound like a good way to fix my injury? I think it does. He said the reason he's not vaccinated is a personal decision, and there's been some confusion with the audience of nothing personal. I am not here to tell you how to make your personal decisions. That's not my goal. You can do whatever you want personally. Just don't impact me. I've always had that view. Live and let live. Live and let live. I think it's live and let die, actually. That's a terrible song for this example. Or maybe it's live and let live. It's a Paul McCartney song. Live and let live. Well, that's what I want you to do. See, the Colts have this situation where players are getting COVID. Carson Wentz is coming out and saying, I'm going to reevaluate in a few weeks. They have a linebacker named Darius Leonard, a newly signed linebacker they paid a fortune to. He's unvaccinated. He's open about being unvaccinated. He said, I think that's a personal decision of mine. I'm just a down south guy. I want to see more. I want to learn more. I want to get more educated about it. I just got to think about it. Don't want to rush into it. I've got to see everything. I'm not pro-vax. I'm not anti-vax. I've got to learn. When you don't know something, you got to educate yourself more about it, figure out what it is, and then make a decision. 
make sure you understand your decision and understand what's going on in your body and the long-term effects and stuff like that. I think once I get a grasp of it, just like the playbook, do you love that? That's me talking now. I think once I get a grasp of the vaccine, colon, just like the playbook, colon, it's not a colon, it's a dash. You've got to get comfortable with something. You can say, okay, I'm going to put this in my body. Okay. Um, I got a special note for you, Darius. There is nothing that will happen between today and week 17. Remember, there's 17 games now in this regular season. I've totally forgotten about that until I was looking at the over-under of the Colts, and it's eight and a half. And I said, wow, the Colts are a nine and 17. And Cocos said, no, they're a nine and 18. I said, oh, yeah. How do you have an over-under of four or five in a 17-game season? Oh, my God. As fans, you must be despondent if you're the Jets or the Giants. I think they're over-under six, six and seven. Anyway, so I was looking at the Colts, thinking about their team, thinking about the people with COVID, thinking about Darius Leonard and his playbook, and thinking about what is going to change over time, how he's going to get educated, how he's going to learn more. Do you know what owners are doing for their players and their employees? They have provided... Doctors, neutral doctors, scientists, neutral scientists who have no dog in the hunt to explain what the vaccine is, why it was developed, what it does, how it stops you from being hospitalized and potentially dying. They are apolitical, but they are pro-living. They explain the selfishness of not getting vaccinated and what that can do to your family, to yourself, to your team. They explain the rules of the collective bargain agreement so you understand how much money is at stake, the wins and losses that could be at stake. But there is no way to educate those who do not have their ears open. And Darius Leonard can say all he wants about wanting to learn more and see more and get more educated about it. And he is full of and the reason I know that is I'm a pretty educated guy, I'd like to think. Pretty well read, spend time learning as much as I can to learn a little bit about a lot and a lot about a little. And try as I may, I can't find one piece of literature. I can't find one story on any channel. Forget Fox, forget CNN. Forget the WAPO or the New York Times. I can't find any new piece of information that can help change my current calculus on that subject. I can't read the footnotes of the collective bargaining agreement and the agreement that the NFL has with its players because there are none. So I can read exactly what the ramifications are for the unvaccinated. I can read all the statistics that have been given to me that exist. I can analyze the statistics and understand that you can present statistics with an agenda, which is my least favorite thing to do, because it cuts to the heart of my love of math, which is that it's binary. You're either right or you're wrong, which is why I don't like the way certain baseball teams or football teams release statistics because they do it to further their narrative about their team. I'll interpret my own statistics that are given to me. And I cannot find one sentence that tells me there is one reason to not get a vaccine. 
and I can't find a void in information, that happens when someone will say something and they'll say, but I have to do more work on it. This is my premature conclusion. I'm going to do the following 10 steps and then get back to you, which is a very legitimate conversation to have, not just about a vaccine, but about anything. Whenever you're making a conclusory statement and you say, this is my interim conclusion, I want to do more work, not as a cover your ass type of thing when you're giving something to your boss and you say, oh, I only had seven days to prepare this project. If I had two weeks, it would have been way better. Side note, don't ever tell your boss that, whether you're working in sports or anywhere else. Don't ever say, hey, you know, this is good work product, but I would have done better if you had given me more time because that shifts the blame onto your boss or onto your superior for your inability to do the best job you can. It's like giving someone an excuse. It's like walking home with someone after a first date. And before you get to the door, you say, you know, I've been told I'm not a very good kisser, but I'm practicing. Or I don't have much experience like Ben Affleck and chasing Amy. So I'm already intimidated. You don't do that. You go in blazing, saying, here is something that will change your life. Here is information that will make you smarter, that will educate you. I put together something that will help you be better. And that's what I've seen on the vaccine front. That's what I've seen doctors and scientists do for athletes. But for whatever reason, there is a section of society somehow that it still wants to have Vax talk, but not the 100 percenters. Congratulations, Tampa. Yeah. Okay. All right. Someone sent me a question that is related to something we mentioned earlier in the week that I think I just did very quickly, or I could have done it on Levitard, or I could have done it on CBS, but I think it may have been nothing personal, but here we go. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That's a segment we do almost every day on Nothing Personal. If you're new to the show, and judging by the numbers, many of you are, so thank you. Keep it coming, Chachi. Go on Twitter, David P. Sampson. Have some laughs with the Twitter account. By the way, it's all me. Sometimes I check with Coca before tweeting certain things, and he'll say, nah, no, that's not funny. You're an idiot, Sampson. That's how Coca talks to me. I think he calls me David, though, or maybe he doesn't call me anything. So you get in Twitter, David P. Sampson. My direct mentions are open, which is something that is interesting. That's for sure. There's some bots in there. I'm not sure why they're bots, but Coca says they are. Here's the question. I always assume the Mariners are doing the wrong thing. I want to stop the question right there and talk to the nothing personal listener who wrote this question. I always assume the Mariners are doing the wrong thing. Isn't that a hard way to go through life? Always going into something negatively? Glass half empty, total pessimist. Look at this water bottle. If you're on YouTube, nothing personal with David Sampson channel. God, I only have half a bottle left. No way. Look at this. This is half full, baby. Why do you have to assume that your favorite team is always doing something wrong? Is that because they haven't made the playoffs in 20 years? Is that because they're in a perpetual state of rebuild? Is that because they've never won a World Series? Is that because they had a team with Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey, Alex Rodriguez, Jay Buhner, 
and they still couldn't win a World Series? Is that because they had a team with the best record in baseball and got upset in the playoffs? Is that because they wasted Ichiro's career and could not win anything? Or is it because you're just a negative Nelly? I want you to think to yourself that the Mariners are going to make the playoffs this year. I always assume the Mariners are doing the wrong thing. Do you think extending DePoto and Service, Service, do you know I call them Scott Service and I think it's Scott Service. Sorry, Scott. That's the general manager and manager. Do you think extending them was the right move? I want to talk about extending GMs. They promoted Jerry from GM to president of baseball operations. You remember that we started that with Larry Beinfest, making him the president of baseball operations so we can make Mike Hill the general manager so he wouldn't get poached and lose Mike Hill. Mike was still the assistant to Larry until Larry got fired, and then Mike became the president of baseball operations himself. So Jerry's now the president of baseball operations. Scott is still the manager. And the Seattle Manors decided, let's extend them because we are very pleased with the state of this rebuild. The Mariners have won 70 games. They're very likely to finish over 500. They're likely to have relevant September games because we're in September and they're having relevant games. So the question is, did they do a job well enough to extend? Here's the calculus that goes into extending your front office. When you've got a GM who you work with, I cannot tell you at many times, enough times, how closely a president and an owner work with the GM. You speak to that person every single day. There's owners who say, oh, I don't know what's going on. Bull hockey. That's mixing my metaphors. Horse hockey. Of course, you know what's going on. They know everything that's going on because they speak to their GM every day. Some owners don't speak to their manager every day. Some do. Owners speak to their manager every home game that they attend. Some owners call their manager on the phone after a game next day. What happened there? What are you thinking about that? But every day, the GM has to call the owner to check in on various things that are going on on the business side of baseball, not the sales, marketing, and finance side, but roster management, call-ups, because all owners have the same rule. Don't let me read anything in the media about my team. I don't want to get a text from my lawn guy that says that we optioned this player or sent out that player, or called up this player. I want to know first so I don't look foolish. And that is totally legitimate and totally fine. So the relationship between the president owner and the GM is a critical one because you have to like the person. Now, you could say that you can work with plenty of people you don't like, but that you respect. In baseball, it really doesn't work that way. The people at the top of the baseball food chain are those who have a relationship with the owner. Sometimes it grows and then sometimes it starts stinking and that's when changes are made. GMs are evaluated not just based on major league performance. I would evaluate GMs based on how they run the business side. It's the biggest cost center in the game, in your, in your entire team, in your entire business, between payroll, minor league spending, player development, scouting, you add all that up, it's the biggest department of any baseball team. So you need someone who in your mind can 
represent you and your money well. Someone who is the anti-Dave Dombrowski. Someone who is going to actually take care of your money as opposed to spending it like drunken sailors. That's a quote that I got from Bud Selig. Bud Selig would sit in front of owners at an owner's meeting and he would look at the free agent signings. What the hell's wrong with you people? You spend like drunken sailors thinking you all have a chance to win when I look at the roster and I know very well that barely any of you have a chance to win. You go through the aggravation of 162 games. You go to sleep 80 nights a year, miserable. You lose money and you spend it like you're drunk. That's what Bud would say every owner's meeting. And then the lawyers, like the labor lawyers, like Rob Manford, who's now the commissioner, would be despondent. They'd be sweating, worrying about collusion. They'd have to take the microphone in the owner's meeting after and they'd hit the microphone and say, remember, we're not telling you not to sign players. And Bud Selig would roll his eyes, take a sip from his Diet Coke, because we all knew that's exactly what Bud Selig was saying. Don't sign these guys for this amount. You're crazy. <laughs> that's not collusion. Everyone's so scared because of the collusion settlement in baseball when there was collusion, even though there wasn't collusion, we never admitted to collusion. That wasn't a we, that was a them because that was even before I became a we. Now I'm a them again. When it comes to extending the baseball people, I never wanted baseball people on the final year of their contract. Never wanted lame duck people. Did a good job of convincing our owner, Jeffrey Loria, to not keep managers in a lame duck status. The Yankees are permanent lame duck people. They love having people on lame duck. They love the power of that. That came from Steinbrenner, went all the way down through Jeter. Now that Jeter runs a team, he does the same thing. That's the Yankee way. The only thing from the Yankees we took were bad players and the hair policy. Jeter took these policies that do not lead to winning. When you've got a lame duck manager and a lame duck GM, they are making decisions, not necessarily with the best interests of the team in mind. They're making decisions with the best interests of the current game, the current season in mind. And you have to have a long-term outlook when you're running a team every day of the week. It's why I told you I carry around our team payroll for the next one, three, and five years, because you have to be thinking about next year, because next year it comes in the snap of a finger. And there is no better way to model behavior than to surround it with money. You want loyalty, pay money. Loyalty doesn't come with love or time. It comes with job security. It comes with knowing the ages of your employees' kids and saying, I'm gonna sign you to a deal that will keep you in this city until your kids reach high school or until your kids reach college. That sort of stability, financial and geographical, is so recherche, so sought after by baseball executives, by sports executives in general, because there's so much moving around that when you create stability, you create a positive working atmosphere. You create people who will work harder and harder for you to accomplish the goals of the team as opposed to of the individual. Did you know that? Because it's true. So do I think extending Jerry DePoto and Scott Service was the right move? Yeah, because they weren't going to get fired. There's no way that the Mariners were going to fire them. Do they deserve the extension? Jerry DePoto does not deserve the extension. The Mariners have had significant issues fielding a team that is competitive. And that is a result of moves that Jerry has made 
probably with the knowledge of the owner, maybe at the request of the owner, but it likely is time for a new voice. It's not as though he is would automatically get a new job. It's not like the Yankees deciding with Cashman. And if they don't extend Cashman, Cashman is very likely to take over another team or when the Cubs and Theo could not come to an agreement or the Red Sox gave the power to Lokino instead of Theo. And so Theo moved on and left the Red Sox knowing that Theo would certainly get another job and did. I'm not sure Jerry DePoto would get another job, but what I am sure of is if you're not going to fire your top baseball people, then extend them. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I watched a movie with Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard that blew my mind. And of course, we're going to give you an update because there will not be a show without me saying Metropolitan. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. How you doing? Thank you for rating, reviewing, following, subscribing, all the things you do to keep Nothing Personal afloat, to keep that revenue coming in, to keep those downloads going, and to help Coca get blackout shades. We are about 10,000 downloads per episode away. We can do that. I mean, that's the way we're growing, no problem. But when we get 10,000 more than we currently have, I have promised Coca he will get blackout shades because the guy complains to me every morning. Oh my God, it's so light. Oh my God, I can't sleep. Oh my God, my shades stink. I've got a solution for that, Matthew. By the way, before we get to the review, I hope people remember that Coca's going to Europe. He's never been to Europe. Nothing personal is sending him to Europe. If you're listening to this, please speak to your friends. Speak to people at work. If you know someone who wants to go to Europe, London and Paris on a trip, three days in London, three days in Paris, you're going to fly over. You're going to have a great time in London. Take the channel to Paris. That's the train under the English channel, the channel. That stands for, I guess, choo-choo and tunnel. They put them together like in the electric company. I don't know if you watch that with Morgan Freeman. Friend. Friend. (laughs) Coke is looking for a travel partner. He's taking all applications on his Twitter account, in his DMs, at Matthew Coca CBS. There will be interviews. They will be conducted by me and Matthew. So make sure you get into his Twitter or my Twitter. I don't know why I'm talking about Europe. So I watched a movie. We watch a movie every day, a new movie on Amazon called Annette. I never heard of a musical group called The Sparks. It is directed by, written by, and has the music of this group, The Sparks, and its members. It's a movie starring Adam Driver as a comedian, but he's a comedian who is dark. I want to say he makes Bo Burnham look like the life of the party. He has a relationship with an opera singer, a soprano named Marianne Cotillard. And it is a movie that is 
strange. It's a rock opera. Don't let that turn you off, please. If you've never watched Tommy, then don't talk to me. It is a movie that could involve some sort of magic mushrooms during the writing, directing, and filming of it. It's a movie that could involve some sort of other mind-altering substances because you watch this movie and its colors and its music and its script and the way it's shot, and it is an orgasm of shapes, colors, sizes, and thoughts in your head, an overindulgence of your senses, and I loved it. It is 141 minutes of total insanity with your jaw wide open thinking, holy crap, can these guys make a movie? Now, there are people who are not reviewing this well. Doesn't matter. Trust me on this. Give this movie a chance, but go in with the glass half full. Go in with the view that you're taking a trip. Even if you don't like taking special trips, pretend that you're taking a trip or a journey. And 141 minutes later, you're going to get into my Twitter and you're going to say, wow. So there's a journey going on right now. That's, a ter- that's just terrible. What's it called when you go from one thing to another? I'm not thinking of the word. Oh, last show. I couldn't think of a word. And now I can't think of the word that I couldn't think of, but you guys gave it to me. Chronicle. Val Kilmer chronicled his life. That's the word I couldn't think of. Now I can't think of the word that's used when you go from one story to the next. Transition. Coca talks to me about transitions every day. You got to make good transitions. They have to be smooth. All right, here's a smooth transition. Zach Scott, the GM of the New York Mets, has been put on administrative leave. That's what the Mets decided to do. <laughs> That's just what they said. Maybe one day I'll understand that people do listen to nothing personal. They pay attention to what we say they're going to do, and then they do it. What took them a full day to do it? We can talk about another time. Sandy Alderson has decided, I'm going to run the baseball side. Here's a surprise to all of you Mets fans out there. Scott Riley, that's you. Coca, that's you. Sandy Alderson has been running the baseball side the entire time. Zach Scott has been the figurehead, the acting GM. They didn't even make him. They didn't take the acting title away when they promoted Sandy Alderson's son to assistant general manager. Sandy Alderson's son is the second most powerful person in the baseball organization. The first being Sandy, the second being his son. And I'm all for nepotism. I'm all for fathers and sons working together. What I'm not all for is lying about the title and the role. If you want to work with your son, do it, but own up to it and give your son the title. If you're running the baseball department, own it and say you are. Don't do a release saying that you're putting the acting GM on administrative leave because he was charged with DWI. So now you're going to take over and think that you're fooling us, that you're tricking us, that you're peeing on our leg and telling us it's raining. That's such a crazy expression. Who would pee on someone's leg and say, hey, it's raining on your leg? It's raining, men. Hallelujah. It's raining, pee. 
such a ridiculous expression. Don't ever use that. Sandy Alderson taking over the baseball organization makes me smile because he's got about a month left to have the baseball organization and then someone else is going to take it over. I can assure you of that. But Sandy Alderson did make a huge move yesterday that Mets fans are dancing in the streets with Mick Jagger and Shalimar. Remember Brad Hand of Toronto? We told you a few days ago that Brad Hand was designated by the Toronto Blue Jays, but done it in a way that he cannot be on a team's playoff roster. Luckily, the Mets claimed him and don't have to worry about a playoff roster. Maybe someone will explain to Steve Cohn the following. Hey, we're going to claim Brad Hand, but here's what happens when you claim someone off waivers. You actually have to pay their contract as it exists. So by claiming Brad Hand, we're going to pay him about $1.9 million for the month of September for a team that we're going to tell you has a chance to catch the Phillies and catch the Braves, but they really don't. But we'd like you to just increase your payroll by $1.9 million. And Steve Cohn says, I'm rich. I'm good. Keep making decisions like that, Steve. And Mets fans are going to not be happy with you because you're going to have to cut payroll eventually because you're burning money. And this is not about Brad Hand. This is about you making smart September decisions. Take that $1.9 million that you're willing to spend on Brad Hand this year. Ignore Sandy Alderson. Tell his son, we're going to add $1.9 million to the agreed upon budget for next season. I'm not telling you not to spend the money. You want to spend the money? Spend the money. Spend it on depth. Spend it on pitching for next year not on one month of Brad Hand for this year. And this is not personal about Brad Hand. This is about money management, payroll management. Just wait, MLB is going to have a thing to say about Zach Scott as well. I don't think it's going to much matter. Remember what MLB did to their last GM? His name was Porter. He suspended through, I think, the 22 season for lascivious activities, prurient interests. So much baseball, bad suspensions about this stuff. Players doing these things, executives doing these things. Sandy Alderson is the architect of Mickey Calloway, Jared Porter, and Zach Scott. If Sandy Alderson actually made those decisions, we know he made the Calloway decision. We don't know whether he made the Porter and Scott decision. Those are Theo's guys. And I know all you Mets fans want Theo. And I know that I told you that the Mets are going to get Theo because Steve is going to offer him a king's ransom and a little piece of the pie. Theo's going to say yes. There was an article yesterday that said Theo's going to be very choosy with his next job. He's very happy working in the commissioner's office and very happy working with his private equity concern. And I smiled. That's just negotiating 202. You always say you're happy where you are. And then you plan your move elsewhere. You wait for the most desperate team in the biggest market. You wait to make the triumvirate of bringing a World Series to the Red Sox, the Cubs, and then the New York Mets. Holy shnikes. When you've got the ego to be the best of the best of all time, Hall of Fame history, and you get an opportunity to do it and an ownership piece of an ever-increasing asset, you take it so fast your head will spin. Believe you me, Sandy's in his last month running the Mets, even if he didn't hire Scott and Porter. 
I don't like doubling down during gambling. I really don't. We doubled down on the Rays over the Red Sox last night, and the Rays got shut out four to nothing. We're back to 17 games over 500. Someone actually tweeted at me, Coca, and CBS used to keep track of this, and I don't think we do, saying that in addition to our record of 110 and 93 and nothing personal picks of the day, what's the money? Are we up money? Are we down money? Because if the Rays were favored, let's say minus 145, that means we lost 14 and a half cents or $1.45 or $145. And if the Rays had won, we'd only win 100. So how many times do we lose 100 or lose 140? And if we add it up, I will bet you dollars to donuts that we are up money. And there are enough people out there who may check that. Do you know, I forgot to tell you this, Matt. Do you remember on a previous show when I said I didn't know what my record was in all my years in baseball? I had several people, several is more than two and under a score. That's not the real definition of several, but that's my definition of several. More than two and fewer than 20 people contacted me who calculated my record in Major League Baseball. I knew I had won a thousand games and lost a thousand games. And it turns out I'm right. I'm under 500. I think I won around 1400 games and lost about 1600 games, but someone did the math. Someone could do the math on the nothing personal pick of the day. We're 110 and 93. I've got three picks for you. You know, tonight I'm looking at the Nats and the Mets. The Nats are horrific. They're fighting with the Marlins for last place. The Nats who did the purge at the trade deadline. But the reason I'm taking the Nats is Rich Hill is going for the Mets. And Rich Hill is not exactly Cy Young. Ooh, I'm 1378 and 1536. Yeah, but that's including one World Series, right? I have one World Series. That's good. The playoffs, we went three and one and then four and three. So that's seven and four. And then we went four and two. So that's 11 and six. So that's my playoff record, 11 and six. I wonder if 1378 and 1536 includes the 11 and six playoff run. However, winning a ring. What do you think of me now, Seattle? So I'm taking the Nats over the Mets on Friday because Rich Hill has been the trade deadline acquisition from hell because you don't trade for guys who played for Tampa. Saturday, I'm going to watch college football. It's college time. Coco would know that from his cover three show that he loves so much. Well, I'm a Hurricanes fan. I'm not an Alabaman. I don't like Alabama. Alabama's favored by only 19 and a half points over Manny Diaz. People who say my doppelganger, the son of the former mayor who did the deal for the stadium with me when he was the city mayor. His son is now the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. I've got Alabama 19 and a half over the Hurricanes. People in Miami, and it's total not recency bias, it's total heart bias. Think that the Hurricanes can cover that. I think Alabama could win this game 47 to 10. Alabama 19 and a half over the Hurricanes. And then we go to Sunday's game. While we were sleeping, the Milwaukee Brewers are 30 games over 500. The Milwaukee Brewers, who have not been to the World Series since 1980. Two, when they lost to the St. Louis Cardinals, when Daryl Porter was the MVP of the World Series. That's 21 and 18 is 39 years. 
there's 30 teams of baseball. The odds are you go to the World Series once every 30 years. That's sort of the odds, assuming all else is equal, like a feather and a penny falling from the top of the Empire State Building will land at the same time in a total wind tunnel without any outside forces. So once out of every 30 years, the Brewers are 39 deep. The Brewers have zero World Series rings in their franchise history. Zero. They have the same number as the Rays, the same number as the Rockies, the same number as the Mariners. Zero. But God, are they good this year? They're playing the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have their thought and their sights on the playoffs. The Brewers are just a better team. They've got Burns going against Lester. Lester, the former Cub. Lester, who is mediocre with a capital M, nothing like he used to be, not even close. The Brewers are a slam dunk over the Cardinals on Sunday. So to repeat, we have Nats over Mets, Alabama, uh, the Alabama OMG, the Alabama Crimson Tide over the Miami Hurricanes and the Milwaukee Brewers over the St. Louis Cardinals. You have a good weekend. Okay. I got to address a topic right now because word came out yesterday. Do you remember that? Major League Baseball players and owners are negotiating a collective bargaining agreement. Their CBA runs out in 2021, December 1st of this year. I'm on record saying there's going to be a lockout. I don't think any games will be missed. There could be a shortened season next year, but it'll be a full enough season with playoffs. There won't be a World Series missed like 1994-95. I promise you that. But right now, they're at a very critical part as we head into these next few months. Because right now, proposals are being given back and forth, and then proposals are being leaked, and then I get to comment on them. So one of the leaks had that $100 million salary floor, which I addressed in full on a previous episode. Coke can tell you which one if you tweet him. But part of that financial proposal also included the following two things that just came out, and they fascinated me. We've had so much talk here on Nothing Personal about arbitration. Arbitration is for players who have been in your organization on your 40-man roster for more than three years and fewer than six years. When you're on the team for more than six years, you become a free agent. When you're on the team for under three years, the team gets to decide what your salary is as long as it's above the agreed upon and negotiated salary minimum. But those interim three years from years three to six, it's called arbitration. Arbitration is when a player tells you what he wants to get paid. An owner tells the player what he wants to pay you. And if you don't agree, you go into a room with three blind mice and you give your number, the player gives his number, and then the arbitrators decide which to choose. They can't choose the middle. They choose either the player or the team. Now, funnily enough, the arbitrators who are supposed to be neutral, play the possession arrow. When teams have won four cases in a row, you can bet your bippy that the fifth case will go to the players. If players have won four in a row, the team will win the next case. Why? Because arbitrators are paid to be arbitrators and they have to be agreed upon by both the players union and the commissioner's office. and. If the players union or the commissioner's office feels as though an arbitrator too often rules for the other team, guess what? You're going to get fired. 
and arbitrators don't like being fired because they get paid lots of money and they get paid even when there are courtroom settlements. And they get to put it on their resume that they are arbitrators in baseball and arbitration. They get to then get other arbitrations and other mediations because it's a resume builder. You don't want to kill the goose that provides the golden calf. Wow, there's got to be a 90% chance I mixed that metaphor. Because that doesn't sound right. Why would you kill a goose that provides the golden, is it the golden milk? Anyway, you are going to play the possession game. The problem I had going into arbitration, I went to arbitration all the time because I had no problem telling a player how bad he was. Players had no problem telling me how good they were. And I was honest with our players when we were going to take them into the room. Many owners are afraid to take players into the room. They don't want to say anything negative about their players. And agents know this. We started the file to go philosophy, which is once players submit a number and once owners submit a number, there is no more negotiating. You go into a room, you don't settle. There's a filing date during the arbitration process where you have to disclose to the other side what your number is going to be. You can negotiate up until that point. After that, we're going to the room. But so many owners don't want to go into the room because for whatever reason, they think players are going to be so sad. Players aren't going to want to sign with you long-term because that's what agents tell you. Don't you go into the room with my player. Don't you do that. Don't you tell my player how bad he is. He's going to have his feelings hurt. I've been in arbitration with some famous players. Famous. Guess how many of them had their feelings hurt? Zero. It's part of the game. Go ask Cody Ross or Dan Ugla or Miguel Cabrera or Kevin Gregg, I got a million of them. So what players and owners are talking about is eliminating arbitration. Owners wanna give players a pool of a billion dollars, come up with a formula and apply that formula to every arbitration eligible player and then there'll be an assigned salary for that player. Brilliant, I love that. I don't want the expense of putting on an arbitration case. I don't want to have to spend time negotiating and dealing with player salaries. I don't have to do it for the first three years because I get to tell the players what they're making. And now you're telling me I don't have to do it for the second three years because we're going to put it into a formula. Hell yeah. I'm going to save operating money. I'm going to save heartache, headache. I'm going to have zero tsuris, no angina, no need for Gaviscon. It's too good to be true. That's why the players are going to reject it. I promise you. I'm going to give you a way to see about this arbitration thing, and you can book it. There will not be a pool of money. I'm going to say it a better way and a much easier way, Coco, okay? Wait to see. Arbitration will not be eliminated. Well, it's been a heck of a week. So much going on. Cannot wait for what next week brings because we'll be here, including on Labor Day. Labor Day means you work. There will be a show Monday because on Labor Day, it's not a vacation day. It's a work day. Have a safe, good weekend. And remember, it's just business. This is nothing personal.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.